Thanks for checking out the Ascent Church podcast. Our mission is to reach, equip, and impact others exactly where they are as we rise to new life in Christ. We hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Thomas Lane. Does anyone here have a New Year's resolution? Two. The ambitious corner. Anybody have one? Put your hand up if you got one. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it's a natural time of year to reset. Reset goals, reset priorities. And I wish that I knew your goal so I could preach about it more, but I don't. I don't. And really, your goal could be anything. A lot of y'all, I know, I get it. I got this padding right here. You want to lose some weight. I get it. That's your goal. Some of y'all, I know, I see you in the gym. You want to gain some weight. All right. You know, you've heard of whole 30. I'm talking about swole 30. Okay. Put on some weight, baby. You know what I'm talking about. You know it. You know what? I was in the gym one time and this shows you everything's just breaking today. For real? It needs a reset. That's good. I like that. That's good. That's funny. We all, I was in the gym one time and um, there were some guys there who were big. You ever seen guys so big and you're like, how did they fit in the door? Like just big, strong. And they were always so nice to me. And they give me advoiner, like, you know, pointers and advice. And one week they came up to me and they gave me a compliment. Okay. Which based on my goals was a compliment, but it may not be a compliment if your goals were different. These big guys came up to me and they said, man, I see you in here every week. And every time I do, you're getting wider and wider. Now that to me is huge. That's a big deal. But imagine if someone said that to you at Chick-fil-A, right? Okay. Imagine you're in line for your nuggets and someone comes up, a stranger says, Hey, I see you in here every week. And every time I do, you're getting wider and wider, different, different contexts. I don't know your goals. I don't, but I have some spiritual ones for you. Number one, let's make church a priority. Let's do that. Let's not just come once a month or when we feel like it. Let's come on Sunday. Let's, let, let's be that. Let's be that. Let, let, let's set that for 2019. How about joining a team, joining a group? Maybe that's what God has for you this year. I want you to connect. I want you to connect. The main goal <clears throat> that I have for you today is let's reset how we view religion. Because some of y'all are new to church. You're figuring this stuff out. You don't know kind of where you are. Maybe you're exploring this thing. You're trying to figure it out. Maybe, just maybe, this is your church. Maybe you're trying to find a church. Either way, religion is an important thing in life. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to challenge you on some things. Let's pray and we'll dig in. Father God, I just thank you for this place. God, I ask you to uh, help us get through today. Every voice is painful. Every little word is painful. God, help us uh, get through it. We ask that you be glorified. And we ask that someone here in the space need to hear these words. May they <clears throat> receive them with an open mind. And may you, above all those, God, be glorified. In your son's name we pray. Amen. What if I whisper? Is that better? Is that weird? I feel like I'm at the library. Shh. No. It feels a lot better. I'm going to play with it. They didn't teach us this in seminary. Nobody said, when you wake up and you don't have a backup preacher, what do you do? I've had half a bottle of honey. That's not good. <laughs> but um, that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. Come with me to John 5. John 5. 
one. It says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, what we're seeing here, we're being introduced to the concept of religion, of spirituality, which is a great thing, but it's something that stresses us out. Because we all, in my opinion, need a reset when it comes to spirituality. If you are new to faith, I hope to give you today a, a really a breakdown of what Christianity is. If, you're, if you've been in church, if you were raised in church, if church is your thing, still, I think we have this tendency to slide back from Christianity, from the gospel, back to religion. And you may be thinking, isn't Christianity a religion? Well, yes, and no, it's actually very, very different. And I don't know your situation. Maybe you're new to faith or this is home. I just want you to know this could be your home. This could be your church. This could be your squad. This could be your place. I believe we each need a place. And I want you to know you're welcome here. This could be your place. Verse two. Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called, yes, come on, somebody. That got me fired up. Someone said whoop whoop when I said pool. And I was like, okay, maybe that God spoke to you in that moment. That's fine. That's fine. <clears throat> there is a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Now, this is irrelevant to the story. He's just showing us this is a place in history. This is not a long time ago in a place far, far away. None of that. This is a place archaeologists, archaeologists know where it is. You could go there. You can visit there. This is a historical place in a historical location. Let's go to verse three. <clears throat> Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Now what you maybe aren't noticing, but I want to really point out to you is John, the author, is giving us a critique of religion. He's given us a critique of religion. It's this religious spiritual festival. There are all thousands of people in there to celebrate and to hang out. But people are not focused where they should be focused on. The poorest of society, the people who need the most help, everyone's ignoring them. There's a festival. We're being religious, okay? But we're ignoring where we should be focusing. Now, John is about to show us that Jesus is the exact opposite. Check this out. Because Jesus and religion don't really mix. They don't really mix. Now, you maybe thought, Jesus, another religion, they're all the same. It's just a different, uh, you know, list of, you know, check boxes, check this, check that to get to God. But they actually are completely different. You see, religion is mankind reaching out to God. It's us reaching out to God. Be good enough. Check the boxes. Do this and that. It's us reaching out to God. Christianity is God reaching out to man. They're completely different. They're not even in the same ballpark. You thought it was a different little checklist. Be good, confess my sins, go to church every week. Don't give anyone the finger on the way to church and I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna make it, but it's completely different. It's completely different. This is the point of Christianity, that Jesus goes to hurting people. Everyone's ignoring these people. They're on the fringe of society. Jesus comes for the religious festival. He goes right to these people. And I came to tell you whatever's going on in your life. If you are hurt, if you are broken, if you're sad, if you're lonely, if you're questioning things, if you're depressed, you came to the right place. You came to the right place. The church is not a country club for the holy. It is a hospital for the sick. And you came to the right place. This is not a place where we're going to look down our noses at people. Hmm. 
That's what you think church is. And maybe you had an experience like that in the past. If you did, I'm terribly sorry, but that's not what church is supposed to be. Jesus is showing us this is what it's it's supposed to be, going to those in society who need it the most. That's me, and that's you. So you may be wondering, why are they by the pool? Right? It's kind of a weird thing. It's like, was it hot? Was it a nice view? Were they tanning? Like, why are they right here at the pool? Like, what's going on? Well, there was this rumor. This is weird, but follow me. There was this local legend that this angel would come to the pool. That's how angels walk. It's true. It's true. And the angel would stir up the water. And then he would, he would run away. And the first person in the pool, cannonball, I guess, would be healed. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This stupid. There's no biblical basis for this. It was a rumor. I don't know where it came from, but that's what people thought. And so all these people were stood around it waiting for that thing to happen. So they could be healed. So they could be whole. And you may be thinking, that's ridiculous. We would never do that. But have you ever talked yourself into something crazy that has no basis in reality? Like the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl again this year. I'm just saying. I said it. I'm sorry. I'm just calling it like I see it. Have you ever done that? You knew it was going to happen. You were certain. You were certain. But with all due respect to the Eagles fans, we do this. We convince ourselves of things. We say this, it's 2019. You know what? If I just get into a relationship, I'll be good. I'll be whole. I'll be happy. If we finally have a child, I'll be good. If I finally get to that point at work, if I, if I get that promotion, I'll be good. Everything will be cool. We're doing the same thing they're doing. We're sitting around the pool saying, when this event happens, I'll be good. I'll be good. Five. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Somebody say 38 years. Say, that's a long time. It's a new year. Maybe it's time for some of us to break free of some things. How long have you been sitting in the condition you currently find yourself in? How long has it been? Most of y'all aren't 38 years old, okay? So you can't really relate to that. But how long have you been trapped in the condition you find yourself in, sitting, waiting for something to change it? How long have you been a worrier? How long have you been so, so focused? You refuse to look at other people and help other people. Your life is about me, 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 me. How long have you been coming to church, but you're not really committed? Like you're here, but you're not. I call that being a church flirt. Like, I follow you on Instagram. We'll talk. No commitment. No, no, no. But I'm here. I'll sit in the back. I won't, I won't serve yet. No, no, no. I don't want to be a group served. I don't want to, don't want to do that. But I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. John's critique is this. He says it boils down to this. The message of religion is try harder. Do you see this dude? His salvation, his breaking free, his freedom was 100% on him. He had to be more patient. He had to be more ready. He had to be the fastest in. It was all on him in order to be set free, in order to be healed, in order to be released. That's exhausting. And sometimes the reason some of y'all feel so tired and worn down and beat up is because you're trying to do the same thing. 
You're looking within for your salvation. You're looking within to say, hey, something I'm going to do is going to make me whole. It's going to be traveling. It's going to be that new job. It's going to be going back to school. That's what we do. And maybe you've been in your state so long, you've come to accept. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. Nothing is going to change. I get New Year's resolutions, but there's a danger. The danger is we trick ourselves to thinking it's all about us. My happiness is in my hands. My, my identity is in my hands. And I don't know what your resolution could be, but what is that thing you think that will break you free? To fill a void, to, 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 to try harder. What is that thing? Maybe it's whole 30. Lose some poundage. My wife's doing it. I had pizza yesterday. Whole 30, whole pizza. Okay, a little different. Maybe it's um, you want to clean up. You want to be like, uh, what's her name? Mary Kondo? Life-changing magic art of tidying up. Maybe you want to be tidy. You said, we're going to finally have the household in order. We're going to be tidy. Maybe you want to quit eating so much junk food. Goodbye cookout. Goodbye Chick-fil-A. Maybe you want to, y'all got a second? Maybe you say, you know what? I got to get my, my, my gut health in order. I'm going to start drinking kombucha. Probiotic tea. I feel better. I think I got my swagger back. I got the gut health going. I got the stuff working out. See, some of y'all are like, oh man, we just became a cool church. He's got kombucha. But some of y'all are in the back. You're like, is it local? (laughs) I know you snobs. Someone's in the back saying, is it small batch? Handcrafted. I don't know, nerds. I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. Y'all, it sounds silly, but that's what we do. We say, I'm going to buy kombucha. Things are going to be good. Check. Right? Whole 30. The danger is we put it in our own hands. Now, I'm not saying don't develop yourself. I'm not saying don't get better. I'm not saying don't exercise. Those are good things. But when good things become ultimate things, they become idols. And we link our identity to them. And when they inevitably crash, so do we. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? That's the question I want to ask for you. Do you want to get well? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you sick and tired of normal? Are you sick and tired of being your own Lord and Savior, the one to give you freedom and release, taking your salvation in your own hands? Are you ready for something different? That's what Jesus offers us. That's what he's trying to give us right here because trying to do it all yourself is exhausting. That's why you feel so depleted. There's a difference between effort and earning. God wants you to have effort. God wants you to, you know, try and work hard for the kingdom. That's that's a good thing. But there's a difference between effort, working hard, and earning his love. There's a huge difference. If you serve with 99 for the one, the homeless ministry, because God has loved you and you want to love other people, that's great. But if you do it because deep down, 
You feel like God will love me a little more. This will cover that other stuff in my life. You know, you know, and you almost start looking down at people. Mm, I serve the homeless, mm, right? That's the wrong way. That's the wrong direction. God is not opposed to effort. He's opposed to earning. And we, as Christians do this, we revert back from believing in the gospel. You hear about that in a second, reverting back to religion, trying to earn it, trying to fight for it ourselves. If you're new to faith, you're still thinking, what is this dude talking about? See, let, 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 let me spell it like this. The world says, try harder. It does. Look at a beauty magazine. Try harder. Better sex, better family. Do this, do this. Read a self-help book. Be better. Try harder. Watch a movie. Try to get inspired. The message of the world is try harder. The message of Jesus Christ is stop trying. I've done it all for you. Those are so different. They're so different. But we're constantly slipping back to, well, yeah, I know God loves me. But you know, you know, come on. We compare. We feel like, you know, I got to be the best mom. Got to be the best dad. And deep down when we mess up, this is why it wrecks us so much. If you honest to God believe that the creator of the universe loves you no matter what, that he'll never love you anymore, that he'll never love you any less, do you think you'd be worrying about that thing you're worrying about? If that holds your future in your hands, no way. You think little things would bother you so much? Deep down, we're constantly forgetting that God actually loves us. It's here. If I said, you think God loves you? Oh, yeah, yeah. But we got to sink it right here. It's got to sink down and change our 2019. Let me ask you this. What would Jesus ask you if he rolled up in Plaza Middle? He asked this guy, do you want to be made well? What would he ask you? What would he say? Do you finally want to have whole finances? You finally want to have a Christ-centered marriage and Christ-centered relationships. Do you want to know God in a closer way than ever before? Would he say, are you finally ready to stop worrying? Dang it. I don't know if Jesus would say, dang it, but maybe he would. I'm not quite sure. But what is the thing that he would ask you? You see, this is one of the reasons we feel like we don't measure up, that we're not enough, that we can't do it, because it was never supposed to be about you. It never was. We make it about ourselves and our performance. Jesus is the one who has to pick us up and give us fresh life. Him and only him. Can we do some theology for a second? Is that okay, you nerds? One person? <laughs> we'll hang out. That's fine. All right, whoever that said, go to Ephesians 2. Look at our spiritual state according to scripture. It's not what you want to hear. It's not what you might think. Because if I were to ask you, what is your spiritual state before Christ without God? You'd probably say, I'm pretty good. I'm not like that guy. Okay. I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty good. I'm like a B plus, maybe an A minus. Okay. We feel like we're really close. You ever seen a short person jump? We're like, they kind of do this. Like we're really close. And we think Jesus is our stepping stool. We're close. We just need a little boost. We step up on Jesus. We're good. We're happy. He gets us spiritually where we need to be. But the Bible says the exact opposite. Ephesians 2 says this. This is harsh, but it says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions. Somebody say, you dead. You dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. 
dead. Not pretty good, dead. The point is this, a dead man or woman can't resuscitate him or herself. We need help, intervention from the outside in order to get picked back up. Does anyone watch The Office? My people. My favorite episode is when the, they, they do the CPR training. Do you, have you seen that? Yes, right? Yeah, it's great. It's the best like four minutes of television ever. If you don't know what I'm talking about it, YouTube it. You can watch it right now. I won't even be mad. Right on your phone. It's, it's cool. But the office, they, they, they bring in like a CPR trainer to teach them CPR. And they have the little, the little dummy. Spiritually, that's us. And I'm not calling you a dummy. No, no, no. But spiritually, we're just laying on the ground. We can't move. We can't get up. We can't do anything. We need intervention to be sustained, to be made whole, and to be brought to life. And that doesn't encourage us. We're like, that doesn't, that, that's not really what I wanted to hear. But here is the good news. Verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive. Somebody say alive. Alive with Christ, even though we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Two things you need to know about how Jesus accomplishes our salvation. Two things. First off, Jesus starts it. Second off, Jesus finishes it. That's it. 100% on him. Not 50-50, not 95-5, not God helps those who help themselves. Not you're close. I'm just going to give you a little boost. No, no, no. It's 100% on him. The only thing we contribute to this is the sin that put us in that spot in the first place. And that's a humbling thought. That's a humbling thought. It's a humbling thought. People think, and some Christians do that, it's because they don't understand this. If you honest to God believe that you did nothing to earn your salvation, but it was a free gift that you were dead in your sins and Jesus just gave it to you as a gift, you would never look down on anyone. You couldn't, you couldn't. If they were a believer, non-believer, you could never look down on someone of a different race, a different struggle, a different, cult, a different country. You could never do that because you realize grace God extended to you, he wants to extend to them. It's nothing we earn. It's nothing we deserve. Let's go back to Jesus' interaction at the pool. Seven, sir, the invalid replied, He said, I have no one to help me to the pool when the water stirred. While I'm trying to get in, somebody else goes down ahead of me. What is that thing other than God that you are waiting on? I already asked you, I'm asking again, is it a ring? Is it a child? Is it a new job? What is that thing which you're saying, if only I had this, things would be better. If only I had this, things would work out. This reveals the two problems of religion. The first one is that we can acknowledge we have no one to help us. This dude is speaking truth because he's like, look, I want to be made well. I need someone to carry me there. He didn't realize the person he was speaking to was the only person who could actually carry him there to give him life, to give him newness, to give him salvation. We realize we can't do it ourselves. And the second thing is this spirit of competition. Notice what he said. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes in in front of me. With religion, you're constantly comparing. 
You either feel like you're better than someone else and you're looking down your nose, judging them, condemning them, rolling your eyes at them, excluding them, or you feel worse than them and you say, oh, woe is me. God doesn't love me. He hates me. Or you look within. You're comparing all the time. And on good days, you feel great because God loves me. You feel whole. But on days you screw up, you feel like scum. You feel like you're completely worthless. Look what Jesus does. Eight, then Jesus said to him, he says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Not get up after you read the Bible three times and understand everything. Not get up and take this class. No, 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 just get up. The state you're in, exactly where Jesus finds you, he wants to tell you to get up. That's what he does for all of us. He says to get up. Not get up and, not get up but, Jesus Christ tells us right where we are. He loves you exactly where you are. He says, get up. Nine, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. I want y'all to see something. Because some of y'all, I'm not convincing you. You're not sold. It could be my crazy voice. It could be whatever, whatever it is. I've heard this passage before. You need to realize 38 years of striving didn't compare to two words from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can do more in your life with two simple words. Get up. Then a lifetime of striving and trying to earn it and fighting to prove your worth. Somebody needs to get that today. Somebody's got to get it. I hope you understand this story. We're the guy by the pool. You understand that? That's us spiritually. We're just waiting. We're just waiting. And when Jesus comes along, how how are we going to respond? It says this took place on the Sabbath. That's very important because the Sabbath is the day of rest. It's a day of restoration. It's a day of wholeness and completeness. John is trying to make us certain we see the day of wholeness doesn't come from us. It comes from God. This man did nothing to restore himself. It was 100% from God. He did nothing to be healed. Y'all, when we stay locked in the idea that our salvation is our responsibility, we'll never find true peace. But once we hit the reset button, And we realize it isn't about us reaching God, but God reached us in the person of Jesus Christ. We can stop striving, stop worrying, stop scratching and calling to prove our worth. That and that alone is the only way you can have peace and life in 2019. I promise you that, that realization. I want it to click today. I want someone to hit that switch today. Say, you know what? I'm gonna quit striving. I'm going to quit trying to earn my love and open this gift that Jesus gave me. John, the author, he's kind of funny because he wants us to see it. Look how it ends, verse 10. It says, and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, hall monitor, persona coming on. It is the Sabbath the law forbids you to carry your mat. What? See, they had these rules. The religious authorities did. And they said on the Sabbath, it's a day of rest. You can only walk certain far. You can only carry a certain amount. And this dude's carrying his mat. And John is showing us once again how religion fails, how it falls short. 
No celebration, no praise, not praise God for 38 years you've been immobilized. Now you're walking. It's, hey, you're not following the rules. John is showing us once again how religion fails us. The contrast is there for a reason. It's a stark contrast. The story starts with religion failing. It ends with religion failing. And in the middle, we see God meeting us. And that is the only thing that's effective. It's the only thing. It's the only thing. Y'all, we need a reset from religion. We need a reset from religion, from us seeking God. And we need a reset to the gospel. That's God seeking us. Through the person of Jesus Christ. Scripture says that we are more sinful and flawed than we would ever dare believe. But at the exact same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we would ever dare hope. It's nothing we earn. It's a gift. And some of y'all today, my prayer is that today, you finally surrender that thinking. You say, you know what? I've been to church my whole life, but still I thought I just had to give money. I had to be good. I had to serve. I I didn't realize it, but I've been still in church, still trying to earn my salvation, earn my way to heaven, earn my love from God. Today, I want someone to throw that down. Lay it all at Jesus' feet. And finally, for the first time, accept your identity from him. Because church, he's telling you to get up. My question for you, is will you? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your presence and your love and your grace. Father, help us reset how we view religion. God, help us reset our tendency to earn and to fight for our own salvation when you are standing before us, offering it to us. God, someone here in the sound of my voice needs to make this change today. If that's you, if you've been trying to earn your way to God, if you've been trying to prove your worth, if that's you today, here's all I want you to do. I want you to pray this simple prayer. I want you to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe you thought you did, but come to find out you've still been striving and trying to earn it. And that's why you're always so worried. That's why you're always so fearful. That's why you're always so overly critical and judgmental of others because you feel like it's all on you. If anyone here in the sound of my voice needs to <clears throat> submit their lives to Jesus today, pray this simple prayer. Say, Father God, I want to know you. Father God, I'm sick of trying to earn it. I'm sick of trying to work for it. It's exhausting. I'm exhausted. I want to trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for my acceptance, for my salvation. In your son's name, I pray. And if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, if that's something you prayed, we want to know about it. Not to call you out, not to embarrass you. I want to pray for you right here and right now. So if you prayed that prayer, I want you to do something kind of bold. Nobody's looking but me. All heads are down, all eyes are closed. But if you prayed that prayer, if you just threw down religion, if you threw down earning and you said, I want to be like this man, I want to get up. I accept the free gift of salvation. If that's you, I want you to do something bold. When I count down from three, I want you to put your hand up so I can pray for you right now. I'm going to count down from three to two 
Do something bold. One, if you pray that prayer for the first time, praise God. Praise God. You may all put down your hands. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father God, may we lay down our striving. May we lay down our earning. May we realize you've earned it for us. You did it for us on the cross. We love you. We thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. We believe Jesus is on the move in Virginia Beach. And if you would like to learn more about who we are and our mission, follow us at Ascent Church 757. If you would like to give to further our mission to impact the city and beyond, you can do so at our website, ascentchurch.net. We hope to see you soon.